Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. Alrighty, welcome to episode 34 of the Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm John. And we have a guest today. We've, I've got my friend Chris here who uh, is going to share a couple ghost stories with us. Um, Chris was just featured on a new show, paranormal show called Paranormal 911. Thanks for having me on, guys. Right? Appreciate it. No problem. Paranormal 911? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, why don't you start with uh, how you came to be on the show. Okay. And then uh, tell us your stories. Okay, well, uh, first of all, it's a new show. Uh, it aired uh, on March the 4th in the United States, and it will air in Canada starting March 24th, so just a couple days from the recording of this pod. Yeah. Uh, and it will be on the T&E network, um, and it'll be you can stream it on whatever, um, Amazon or whatever you can stream your uh, and, it's on, and it's on YouTube already too, right? I'm told it is. I'm not sure if that's it's... That's where I watched it. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure so. if it's allowed to be on YouTube, well, but uh, it <laughs> it is currently there, but... Uh, on YouTube, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was... Uh, actually, I, I got the uh, the contact from you, uh, Dan, and in fact, uh, we are... Uh, We've known each other for at least 20 years, I would say. At, at the very least. At the very least. Um, you poor guy. <laughs> uh, both involved in, um, I guess we'd say, some form of law enforcement. Yep. Uh, in some form of capacity, one shape or uh, a form or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess you had contacts in, or have contacts in the industry uh, who are soliciting for people in the law enforcement community or the first responders in general. Uh, that have had uh, paranormal or, or ghostly sort of encounters for mm-hmm. subject matter for this show. Uh, so I contacted the producer and uh, spoke with the producer about my experience or experiences. And uh, I guess they they felt it was worthy of further exploration. And uh, as a result, we are here at uh, at Paranormal 911. Mm-hmm. And... Uh what was it like being on TV for the first time and telling your your uh, your paranormal stories? Were you were you a little apprehensive or a little embarrassed? Maybe that's you know some of your coworkers might go, yeah, yeah, whatever. And yes, well, strictly speaking, I had been on TV a couple times, but as myself uh, in 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 a news capacity. Okay. Uh, but this is the first time in a. You're not and, wanted anymore, though, right? Uh, what's your next question? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yes, d- definitely the first time in the entertainment industry. Right. Uh, so quite an experience going through the um, the production and um, you know uh, just kind words to the production company. They treated me, you know, like a star and you know treated me very nicely and superstar. Uh, superstar. So I was, I, you know, they could have gone any number of ways, but I'm pleased with the way it turned out. Yeah, it was good. So I watched the episode, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of Hollywood. Put into it no and i will admit that even when i was on paranormal survivor season four episode two there was some embellishment and a little bit of mm-hmm. hollywood thrown in the mix but you know what you're going to expect that now i've never heard the full story mm-hmm. or stories from you right but you know and people can watch the episode when it comes out or they can go on youtube and and find paranormal 911. and in the show they blended the two uh, stories that you have into one, pretty much, right? Or one location. Correct. Uh, so just as a very basic background, this is uh, a situation that happened in the city of Toronto. I worked for the Toronto District School Board at the time, doing security and alarm response for the school board. And yes, um, the as the show portrays it, it is one school facility, but in... Uh, actual fact it was two completely separate uh, facilities i won't say the names of the schools because it's not really relevant nope. um one but of them is still active right one of them is still an occupied yeah. <laughs> uh, educational facility <laughs> yep. so uh, another reason why i won't be disclosing it mm-hmm. but um uh the other the other one is no longer uh, an educational facility anyway so um but yes it, it, it the the show shows it as a composite at the same school but it was actually two different locations um uh, actually two different 
parts of the city, one in the east end, one in the west yeah, end. Yeah, they're, the, they're pretty far apart. Yeah, so, um, yeah, apart from the fact that I was involved, there is really no correlation between the two. Right. So stories. which is the first one, the first encounter that you had? So the first encounter happened in the east end of Toronto, uh, and it happened at night. We worked straight nights in that position. And the first time it was uh, not an alarm situation. It was just a p random patrol. Uh, so when we had no alarm duties to answer to, we did proactive patrols at schools just to make sure that there was no disorderly people at schools and that they were locked up and, you know, everything was as it should be. No kids breaking things and spray painting uh, <laughs> the sides of the... Yeah. All the above, the, yeah, yeah. And, and, and drinking and, and, you know... All the fun stuff yes. that we did as, as kids. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not confirming or denying anything. <laughs> Uh, so I rolled up at the school um, and noticed when I did my walkabout uh, that there was a, a, a window open on the ground floor, uh, which is very, very common, especially in the older schools that don't, don't have air conditioning. You know, they want to leave the windows open to get air into the classrooms. Uh, but obviously, we don't want the windows to be open at a school facility because now anyone can get in. It was quite a large kind of like a... Uh, tilting sort of window but someone could definitely climb through uh, so I entered into the school uh, I should mention that it was a two-story school facility uh, and so I entered in uh, through the boiler room which is an external door um, the way it worked at that school board is we had master keys that led us into one uh, door uh, at every school and then there was a little lock box with a set of master keys that granted us access to the rest of the school. Uh, but for us to carry master keys for some 700 properties, you know, we couldn't mm. do that. Yeah, no, no kidding. Know. So we had one master key that led us into the building and then from there we got the master keys. So in this particular case, it was in the boiler room, a metal a picture of metal um, box, um, about half the size of a microwave oven mounted to the wall with a simple padlock on it. Um, unlocked the box, grabbed the cluster of keys out on a ring. And uh, again, it's in the boiler room. This is an older school. I'm thinking 1920s, 1930s manufacturer. So kind of an older school, older infrastructure. So a little bit of a creepy atmosphere too, right? A little bit, but I mean, a lot of the, the properties were like that. So, you know, you get used to it that that's kind of what you're dealing with so right. you know no more than any other property I suppose uh, so uh, again um, I'm saying it now because it's relevant later but I left the lights on you know it's not my uh, position to you know turn the lights off as I'm going through the school I'd rather have all the lights on while I'm there so that you know I can see what's going on I'll turn them off when I'm leaving but while I'm inside the school it's for my own safety I want all the lights to be on right so I turn the lights on, I find the classroom uh, on the ground floor, and while I'm inside the school, after I've closed the window, um, I'm thinking I'm hearing footsteps on the second level of the school. Now obviously there ought not to be footsteps, and I need to reiterate that this wasn't an alarm, so no alarms had been tripped, so no doors had been... Yeah, there's no other reason for you to be there, just... Just because of the window, yeah. yeah. Just because of the window, but th th no, no doors had been opened with the alarm system uh, armed. But definitely hearing footsteps on the second floor. So uh, I have to go check to make sure that there's no one inside the school. Could be someone legitimately inside the school that was, you know, it could be a janitor or could be anything, right? Doing some work, could be know, someone who was injured or a kid is who knows, right? I mean, right. it's pretty late at night. There shouldn't be a anyone demon, in there. You know. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was probably the last thing on my mind. Um, <laughs> so I check the upper level, uh, and all the doors are locked, and everything's fine. There's there's no one on the upper floor. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, you know, it definitely wasn't an animal. It wasn't a, a squirrel or raccoon or something it was definitely human sized um but at the same time i i did hear it but you know you're thinking okay was that like the ducks was like the duct work yep. was that like banging and like who knows what it was yeah, you so, always look for a reason yeah and your your sentences are heightened too right sure and you're listening for everything you know yeah and uh 
So who, mind will play tricks on you. who knows what it was? So whatever, I, I filed it away. Uh, so it was our practice to leave a note for the caretaker to say, hey, I've been in your school. This is why I was in your school, just as a courtesy, just so in case they want to know, you know, what, what happened after hours. So I left my little note for the caretaker. And I'm turning off all the lights as I go because I'm anticipating leaving the property. And um, so I get back to the boiler room, uh, which I hadn't been into yet. And uh, the lights were off in the boiler room. And I remember distinctly leaving them on. And you got to remember, this, this story goes back to 2000 or 2001. Uh, so um, th these are very simple light switches. These are not the sort of um, reactive light switches or the infrared ones. These are very basic, like 1960s click-on, click-off yep. sort of switches. Um, so I get back in the boiler room and the lights are off. So that's odd. Uh, but as a good security officer I carry a flashlight with me so I'm approaching the lockbox with the set of master keys and I'm going to be returning to the lockbox and you know I'm not going to lock the lockbox because I know I'm coming back and there's nothing of value or there's nothing in that lockbox other than the key so why would I bother locking it mm -hmm. so the the unlocked padlock was on the lockbox and as I'm approaching the lockbox to put the keys back in the padlock flies across the room and mm. skids across the ground and I was still a good meter away from the lockbox when that happened and the instant the padlock stops skidding on like the poured concrete floor I hear footsteps again on the second floor almost as if <laughs> I hesitate to say almost as if it was a kid who had just played a prank on an adult and now they're running away um, obviously I can't substantiate that, mm. but I, I heard what I heard. I mean, the, the, the footsteps were definitely there and it was, you know, it, it freaked me out. So, <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> I guess, um, you got to remember, I, you know, I'm somewhat aware of the paranormal and I, being a night worker, I listen to coast to coast with Art Bell and, you know, mm -hmm. a big fan of that sort of thing. So of course I'm aware of the players involved and the topics and the themes involved, but it's never really been my thing. I mean, I listen to it and it's entertaining, sure. but uh, you know, uh, whatever. Put the keys back, pick up the, the lock, lock up the box and got the hell out of there. Now and how, that, now, that was it. How fast did you move to pick up <laughs> those keys in the padlock? <clears throat> well, you gotta remember- like, did, you, did you stand there for a minute and go, what just happened? Okay, Cause, cause so like, you know, when John had his first encounter, he was more of like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, you're you know, processing. Yeah, you know, right? he's trying to process it with his, you know, analytical, logical mind. But, you know, when this thing went flying across the room. So honestly, <laughs> the first thing I thought was there was like a rat or a mouse or something, exactly. and it was hiding on the box, and it hit the 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 door. Okay. The door swung, and the padlock flew across the room. Wow. Yeah, look for a real world yeah, explanation. Sure. That's my my go to explanation is it's not Casper the Friendly Ghost. No, it's that something very common, very mundane happened, and my mind's working a mile a minute, and you know. I'm thinking one thing, but it's really just another. Yeah. But again, no mouse, yeah. no yeah, rat, nothing, scurry away. nothing scurrying away. Yeah, just Casper. Just, <laughs> just, just the the, the ghost. mischievous yeah. ghost. I'm not, I'm not sure how friendly, but yeah. definitely mischievous. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that was that was it. So I locked the keys away, and that's it. Now, the did you make any official report about that, or just left it? The official report read that I was on property. The window was open. The window was ajar. I secured the window. Everything was found in apparent order, and I am off-site. And I rearmed the alarm system, and that was it. Thank you. That was it. Not even in my personal notes, nothing. I filed it away. And, of course, you got to remember, uh, for those of you that are not, I guess it really applies to anyone, but especially in a professional capacity, especially in... I hesitate to say law enforcement because it really wasn't law enforcement, but in a professional capacity. A male-dominated thing, locker room mentalities. You're going to get the ribbing, right? can't talk about this stuff. It's But when we were at dinner earlier, yes, or you were, you were saying that 
a coworker or former coworker watched the, the episode already, yes. and he messaged you and said, "Was that such and such a school?" Yes. Well, it wasn't in relation to this oh, incident. Okay. It was in relation to, to the, the incident I'm about to talk about. So, but yes, definitely. Um, there was a apparently a reputation that I was unaware of that maybe collectively we're not aware of, but individually we know. That's right. So See, interesting. That, that's the thing. Like I think we touched on that uh, maybe with the guys from uh, Fog when they were here. Like there's so many people that have experienced things, but they just won't talk about it. No. For fear of ridicule or or whatever, right? Or you go, oh, you're crazy or you're an idiot. But I wonder how many people actually have encountered something or seen something and they just, you know, keep and, quiet. And, and the question is posed to me on the episode too. And if you've seen the episode or if you intend to watch the episode, you'll, the producer will ask me or the director will ask me, you know, why didn't you say anything? And, and my answer That's remains. Right. That's right. I my, my answer remains, you know, who's going to believe me? Exactly. Who's going to believe me? And you got to remember in, in that particular line of work, it's about evidence. It's about, you know, if you lay exactly. a charge, it's evidence. What, ev what evidence can you collect? And if it goes to court, what is real that you can present in a court of law that's a real evidence? So the whole industry is about facts and about gathering the facts and, and separating your thoughts and feelings and you everything you else. You can't blame the ghost, right? You can't blame the ghost. <laughs> everything has to be quantifiable. You have to be able to articulate clearly in your notes and on the stand if it goes to court why things were the way they were that's right and if you go around saying oh yeah well things are flying off the wall you're going to lose a certain amount of credibility because someone not everyone uh, might end up losing your job i'm too. sure everyone that listens to this pod might be open to it but not everyone on a general level would be open exactly. to, to no. this level and even if someone was with you neither one of you probably would have put something in your notes you, you know, even nope. if you had a witness, right? You both would have talked about it, maybe. Yeah. And, so, okay, let's just keep this to ourselves. And, or, or it's yeah, going to be, no. you know, what did you do? Did well, you no. ever have to go back to that school? A few times, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and nothing. Were you a little bit hesitant going in. Or? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I was hesitant moving forward, especially with the next incident. I was hesitant with pretty much all of our properties, right? Um, knowing that anything could happen. Um, and you, you know, didn't stop at the church and get a bottle of holy water for your duty belt or <laughs> no, no, a squirt no. gun with, in your holster? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, All right, so, so the next story, I think the next story is actually pretty cool. Because yeah. Because we can relate to it as paranormal investigators, right? Well, I hope so. Uh, again, this is something that I, having, can reflect back on it and thinking, okay, so maybe this was what was in play. But anyway, I'll pose it to you and, and love to hear your remarks. So this was a this story uh, happened about six months later. Um, so I'm thinking early 2001 on this one, and the, the other one was summer of 2000. Uh, so the the first one was a summertime, and this one was uh, it was there was snow on the ground. I couldn't remember. Maybe it was a January or February. So this was an alarm activation, and in this particular school, this is in the west end of the city of Toronto, and the schools in this district um, have an alarm system that. Uh, or at the time, I don't know what they have now. It's been a number of years since I worked for that agency. Uh, but they have um, microphones in the school, and they actively listen in. Uh, and it was a very, very effective uh, alarm tool. In fact, um, probably the best protected schools in our portfolio because the alarm system was so uh, accurate that you know if they heard broken glass, if they heard voices, they could call 911, the central station, and, and alert the police, look, we have an actual break-in happening. It wasn't just a, a nuisance alarm that, you know, we can't find the reason for it. This is actually, we're listening to voices inside the school. So this mm. school had that type of alarm system, which was really good because, you know, when we had, uh, not only could they say we're hearing voices, but they could say we're hearing voices on microphone four, which is the northwest hallway, for example. So they're able to you know, uh, pinpoint it um, exactly where the alarm activation is. Unfortunately, uh, in this particular case, all we got from the alarm company, uh, so the structure was as the alarm company was a third party contractor, they would call my dispatcher who was an in-house guy and my dispatcher would send me on a radio call to the property. So my dispatcher was the intermediary between the central station and the guy in the road 
So all I was sent to this property was an unknown noise. That's all the company was able to say, unknown noise. So you can imagine how problematic that is. Unknown noise, unknown, unknown location, but we're hearing something in the all school. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, chambering rounds or what? what yeah, are you right? <laughs> who knows, right? You know, so um, wait till the alarm patrol guy gets here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I get to the school, and the the one benefit with this is I, I need to disarm the alarm because um, that's now kind of a safety net. Uh, I can leave the alarm active. Um, that the alarm company is aware that I'm on site, so they'll they're hearing me. So if you spoke and said I need help, they would hear you absolutely in, in real yeah. time. And they, absolutely, they and they're someone. they're able to say, well, we're picking them up in the hallway, we're picking them Whoa. up in the classroom, yeah. the science lab, or well, wherever really, the case well, may be. Were they picking up? Uh, <laughs> they were not picking up anything. Um, I get to the school. I so the the order of events is. You know, check the parking lot. There's no cars in the parking lot. Okay, that check one, check two, get out on foot, do a perimeter patrol, check all the doors and windows, everything's locked up tight. Okay, check two, check three, go inside the property, look for any signs of forced entry, look for any, you know, maybe they claim climbed in through the roof or something, who knows? So that's kind of the order of events here. So I do all of the above, I'm walking through the school, nothing, nothing happened weird so again as a courtesy leave the note for the uh, head caretaker to say that hey i was in the school um i should indicate that this was not an active educational facility this was being used as a as an office space uh, so it was still owned uh, by the board but it wasn't actively um it, it wasn't an occupied school in that sense so there's a lot of filing cabinets and <clears throat> professional offices but it wasn't actually a occupied school so, uh, but it still had an auditorium, it still had a gymnasium, still had what was a library. It was still a very small uh, elementary school size building. Uh, one floor, one story. Uh, so I, I do my whole patrol, nothing found. Left my note for the caretaker, lock up the school and close the door. And I'm walking back to my vehicle and um, my two-way radio starts going up and I'm being called by my dispatcher saying, are you there? Are you there? Uh, calling my, my number, my call sign. And, you know, I, I, just the tone of their voice was really like, are you there? Are you there? Almost as if they've been trying for a while to get a hold of me. And the whole time my radio was on. So I answered them. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. And they told me to hang tight. The, the police are on their way. Hang tight. We got, we got the officers inbound. So <laughs> I'm like, hold, hold on a second. What, 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 why is this happening? Well, we heard the screaming, or or the central station heard the screaming. Ugh. Wow! So, wow. so um, I, I I tell them in no uncertain terms that just you know cancel the, the police right away. We we are not having any of that. We're not diverting the the, you know, the the local constabulary to the the school. Ten cruisers come flying inside. Yeah. So I I, I I put an end to that, and uh, so I had a conversation over uh, cell phone with the dispatcher, my dispatcher, and. Uh, He's like, yeah, um, I, I listened in and, you know, uh, we heard the we heard the screaming. So I'm like, you're having me on. Like, there's yeah, there's, like, there's nothing in there. Like, you could yeah. hear pins dropping. Right. So. Um, Did they it, say what area it had been coming from? Yes. Okay. So um, in the episode, they portray it as being piped through my two-way radio. But in point of fact, it was through a cell phone. We did have cell phones back then. Uh, they weren't as fancy as they are today, but. We did have cell phones back then, so I called the monitoring center, and and you know um, they, I, and I wish I had got uh, a recording of it, um, but uh, they played back the recording. Excuse me, and and you could hear me, and it was me, and you could hear me walking through the halls, and uh, you know wearing boots, and you know all this equipment on my belt, swing and the keys, and you know. 15 pounds of stuff on me moving around and um uh, apparently it was the microphone in the auditorium in the gym mm. that uh all of a sudden i went quiet so i i had either stopped moving or the sound of me moving was no longer being picked up and you heard a young woman screaming help me and crying and i'm hearing this 
over the phone a recording of me inside the school and then I hear a woman screaming and then about 30 seconds later you hear me walking again in, in the school and closing up the door and you can almost hear me talking to my dispatcher on the radio because it's the the microphone is right at the main entrance so um yeah uh so i didn't hear anything i like okay so i didn't hear anything while i was inside the school uh so but obviously my presence there had a impact and um maybe this is a, a, an evp or what you might call an evp mm -hmm. i don't know uh, i'm not the expert here well and i wonder if it was a residual thing from years and years ago or if it was something that like she was actually going for help like because often when we do evps at locations you'll get spirits saying help me and you're like well, yeah i don't know how to help you and i don't know what to do for you and, but it happens all the time. Like they don't scream like the uh, young mm. lady spirit was doing with you. But we often get, you know, that voice that says, "Help me." So the the so. the um, the backstory or the postscript to this is, uh, I found out um, that that school had been used as a temporary morgue during the Hurricane Hazel wow. natural disaster wow. in Toronto. Where was that? I want to say 52, but I'm not 100% yeah, sure on the Yeah, that's the time. range. Yeah. 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 Uh, and in fact, um, the producer for Paranormal 911 uh, wanted to make sure that, the, the, you know, that this could be vetted and went to the Toronto archives and pulled out documentation, photos. So there have been reports. Dozens so, of people that have been killed in this hurricane and stored in the school. Warehoused in wow. the auditorium of this facility. <laughs> and the reason why was this was the closest public building to the ground zero. Right. And it was also on a high elevation point. So it made sense. It was the only available public building wow. that could have been used for that. So again, I don't know the numbers. I don't want to get it way off but i'm i'm wow. i'm thinking between 40 and 50 casualties wow. and i'm also told that there were some un unaccounted for like people that just got washed away yeah um that <clears throat> were just never ever found again um and they were uh almost entirely temporarily warehoused in the auditorium for this defunct school so location. that's her residual energy from when she was calling for help before she drowned and then her body's stored there. Yeah. And holy crap. <clears throat> yeah, I can see her. I can see her. Holy crap. Yeah, so that, that's, that was just I, that. And that, and if you, that, that was still happening now. Like, if you went there enough, you'd get that EVP again. So uh, that's I, where yeah. she... Well, and this is the, the location where your friend messaged you and said, Yeah. Was it such and such a school, right? Yeah, and nailed it. Really? Uh, out of out of the uh, out of the 700 plus properties but you never uh, pushed it and asked him what his experiences had been right no it's mm. yeah did, they, did he sound like it would have bothered him to talk about it um maybe through email or messenger maybe, just, maybe well, you know maybe in person over a, a over a drink a maybe years. yeah <laughs> yeah that always helps might, might yeah. lubricate the story a bit but uh well, if you get any other stories then forward it to us and okay. we'll uh, do a follow-up that would be really I, cool I definitely will. Now, did you ever go back to that school ever again? I'm sure I must have, but nothing, um, nothing came up uh, as a result of it. In fact, uh, you know, I ended up leaving that employer to go to a new employer at the end of 2002, I think. Um, so I wasn't there much longer, maybe about a year and a half longer than that. Uh, but nothing else really um, of, con of, of paranormal consequence happened uh during my my tenure there so um it was really just these two incidents that mm. that stood out um but again you know um have to stress that you know while i kind of listened to the radio shows and you know i liked uh, all the the cool tv shows yeah, of sure. of the 90s and and the 80s and you know i liked all that stuff i just wasn't I wasn't fully subscribed, okay? So I, yeah, it was I, entertainment for you. It was entertainment. And sure. have you ever had a paranormal experience prior to, to that? 
I don't think like so. When you were a kid, maybe or. I don't think so. No. Um, you know, your, your mind kind of plays tricks and you wonder whether or not it was, but sure. you know, you don't have the benefit of, of the experience or the wisdom to know what, what is what. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've been told that there has been some in my family, but um, nothing directly with me. Right. See, I'd be curious to know the day you went to that school, was that the anniversary of when that girl mm. died? Was that her birthday or a loved one's? Like there was a reason why she acted out. She wanted to be heard, right? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I'd be curious to... See, I knew about Hurricane Hazel. I lived in Mississauga, and I knew about the history, you know. And so I'd be curious to, to dig into that and just <clears throat> kind of find out about some of the people. But I get an impression like this woman wasn't very old, and I'm going to say she was in her 20s. And I'd just be curious, okay, why did she cry out that day? And I'm wondering if that was an anniversary of the hurricane or what it was. There was something there that made her. You said you thought there was snow on the ground, right? Yeah. So no, so it wouldn't, so it wouldn't be, be the end. No. Hurricanes, not no. hurricane season. No, that but, wouldn't be hurricane but season. From, from my uh, very limited, and you have to excuse me, I'm the layperson here, but what, what would have powered this? What, where would her, that... her desire to be heard. Like, is that, and, is that energy that, enough? Th th you were there and she wanted to be heard for some reason. So maybe it was her birthday. Maybe it was somebody, um, her child's birthday or something triggered her to want to act out that day and she needed to be heard and that's why you were there. See, someone, yeah. someone um, when I mentioned it to another person, let's just say, um, they said, well, it was because there was, you were in a uniform, that you were someone in some sort of, Could very well be a, you were an official, uh, in, you know, maybe not an authority, but you were an official. Right. Uh, you were in an, an identifiable uniform mm -hmm. um, that, oh, oh, here's someone that can help. You right. Know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. And you know what? And she could be still tormented in that loop, right? And she's looking for help. And there, you're right. You you look in an official capacity, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you see him and start calling out for. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. there's. It's definitely you were there to be it for makes that you reason. Wonder how many trapped spirits there are that oh. that just can't move along for whatever reason. You know, and you know, and it makes me feel bad that. There's mm -hmm. so many. There must be so many of them. You can't help them, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I have helped a few, but uh, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, every building might have some spirit that just can't move along for whatever reason. If you know, you've heard the podcast, Chris, and, mm -hmm. and heard of John. Big I fan, by the way. Talk about uh, some of the stuff, and I don't know. It just it really makes you wonder about the afterlife. Yeah. You know, like, but but then you hear about people that die from traumatic experiences or people who die suddenly mm -hmm. who don't know that they're dead, yep. right? Like the guy who haunted my house, the guy that tormented me when I was a kid. I'm almost certain he didn't, I, like he, they think he meant to commit suicide. He, you know, he, he took a ton of pills and alcohol. And but it hadn't killed him before. No, that's and right. That's it hadn't right. killed him before, but this no. time it did. Yeah. And he probably <clears throat> woke up, quote unquote, and thinking, well, what the hell? What happened? Yeah. You know, but he didn't know he was dead. His new family in his home and he was abusive to his his wife and his kids. Yeah. And, and now he has intruders. Yeah. And now yeah. he's got intruders. Mm -hmm. So it really makes you, really makes you wonder about, you know, the whole yeah. heaven and hell and God principle and, and, uh, so it's so, a heavy, heavy topic. So circling back to the first incident with the padlock, what what was the motivation there? Was that just well, someone see, being mischievous, or someone just yeah. wanted to get no, you know, a first question <laughs> was that a, a public school or a high school? It was an elementary school. Elementary, so, yeah. okay. So because what I got when you were telling your story, I got twelve years old, boy, mm -hmm. was at that school. So what's that like? Maybe grade seven or grade eight? Yeah, yeah. and he, and, he, and he died. Yeah, and this is where he kind of runs around. And he was having fun with you, like he yeah. making the noises and the whole bit. Because I kept getting 12 years old. I can picture a boy with um, dark brown hair. And like when you were going to put the keys back, like he wanted to get a reaction. But not like... Ooh, I just got a wicked... Yeah, did you get chills? I just got a wicked chill on my back. <laughs> Sometimes did Dan you get and a I picture get, of what he was wearing? I see, well, I see him. I saw like a green golf shirt with red stripes and blue jeans but even before you said brown hair like i got that image of yeah and and this kid I'm, I'm gonna think that he died unfortunately of something like like a cancer or something <clears throat> and he wasn't there trying to be a 
an ass or a demonic or whatever. He that just was his school, and he was he, he was he was having fun. You were there, and yeah, and the whole bit. It's just a game, yeah. and this was like a bonus <laughs> a bonus night for him, right? Yeah. And I can picture this kid at the school when all the kids are there, and he's running around just like he's part of the whole school. Class system, clown, right? maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, but I that's that's why I wanted to know if it was an elementary school, like because it's like I picture twelve years old maximum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny you and I both got the wicked chill at the and, same time. And Dan yeah. and I sometimes believe well, not sometimes we believe that when we get that, that's a confirmation. Mm-hmm. What the chills? Yeah, because the when chills? we both get yeah. the same time, it's just kind of weird, right? And you, know? you know, and it's funny how we're talking about him. We we don't know who he is, but we're sitting here talking about him, and he's probably zeroed in on us somehow. Yeah, they we have that up, ability. We, you know, we even weird, even though it's like a hundred kilometers away. Hours yeah. away Yep. And we've put up this weird signal, and we don't know him by name. We're not saying, like, little Billy Miller yep. or whatever. And boom, he's he saw this antenna go up. His bat signal. And he's like, oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, about that's me. for me. Yep. Yeah. And he's teleported. <laughs> and I think that's why we got the chill. It's almost like recognition. You're on the right track. Yeah. Or I'm here. Or, yeah. 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 And, but I believe he, he died of, uh, like, I keep getting something like a, like a cancer. And it'd be cool if you go to that school, if you ever find out, I bet you we'd find a student that, that, that died of... Like a little of, plaque on the wall for him yeah, or something. Or, yeah, exactly. But that, that's what I got. And when he grabbed that lock, he just wanted to see your reaction. Well, and it yeah. must have taken him a lot, a lot of time to store that energy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. You yeah, know? gonna look for a reaction. I'll, right? I'll I'll give you the details off the air if you if you do want to follow up. I'm happy to leave that with you. But right. uh, yeah, be, you cur- know, be curious uh, to find out, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's um, but yeah, there's nothing bad about this kid. He's he's yeah. he's just you know what? He had great times there, great friends there, mm-hmm. and it makes sense that he he that you was know, his, haunts there, life, if you will. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you showed up, and this was like bonus. Nobody's yeah. here at night, right? <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. Maybe he opened the window so you would stop, you, right? And that's well, not possibly. beyond that's the realm of possibility either. That's so. right. <clears throat> yeah, we, we've had them open doors. Yeah. Um, kitchen walls. cupboards. Not, yeah, move, exactly. Move curtains. All yeah. sorts of things. So, so exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, but it also says something about you that he showed that to you. And I used to think that that was... When things would show, I thought it was a bad thing, mm. but actually now I think it's a compliment that they feel willing to do that because it's not like he was trying to, like I want to make this guy crap his pants. No, he was just looking for. And and to be fair, he didn't throw the padlock at me. No, it was that's away right. from me. Yep. So it wasn't, you know, but it he wasn't. Still knew you would react. <laughs> from this. Yeah. Yes. Padlock moving on its own, right? Yes. And also, you know what? He probably at that time knew that at some point this will come out and somebody's going to talk about me. And Maybe. Yeah. You know, exactly. Sure. Exactly. I'll, I'll get 15 minutes of fame on you a got, TV you show. Another, and you're 15 <laughs> minutes of fame on a podcast. That's wow. right. Exactly. Well, good for him. Yeah, That's right. right. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to ask for your autograph later. Right, talk yeah. to my agent. <laughs> talk to my agent. So I, I feel bad because we didn't, uh, we just went right into the podcast. Oh, we, you're here. right. We should have done and that. And we yeah. didn't say, hey. Where's Danny? Right? Yeah, that's right. We, <laughs> we usually do at the beginning. We're, and we're, we not, we're not giving him a chance to talk. No, poor Danny. No. Yeah, he's sitting here and he has <laughs> he a gag on. Sorry, he's, he's tapping so, his, his fingernail yeah. on that. So poor Danny had to uh, host another event in the area tonight. And uh, that's why he's not here. Yeah, he had to use that radio voice. And, that, and we're in the Crown Theater across the street. And uh, the young lady that owns the place was very kind. nice enough to let us back in here. So if you get that a little bit of a weird echo effect, we're in a, we're in a movie theater sitting up on the, the stage yeah. and, and this is the theater if you recall the facebook uh page where tony had a picture of that apparition go down the aisle the full apparition of that's the where we are did you see that one chris i think so yeah, it's yeah i'm so just trying that, to that right down your, there right that's where, where she the, went oh, okay right where the yeah. trying to picture is. that and yes. the other thing just to, to go on that for a second we had a really cool picture on my camera of the orbs the orbs but also that face Hold the face up in the window but yet when i sent it to dan the face actually morphed so much that we couldn't like it disappeared almost yeah we couldn't say to you hey there's the face but looked, when we looked all like looked old, at it here man, right? yeah when we all looked at it here everyone agreed there's a face and it was in that window like directly behind us yeah and by the time it got oh, the dam i just saw an orb just as we just as the three of yeah. us looked up there this john from it, it went it shot right to the window that we were looking at yeah this and theater we don't often see orbs with our eyes like you usually catch them on camera right 
but I just saw one go right into the, the top left-hand corner. Yeah, this corner. is a really active place. It's, it's young Billy Miller. It's young Billy Miller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like the whole time we've been talking, Yeah. there's been someone running around over here to yep. my right. Do you, now, do you see anything? Like, have you seen anything peripheral moving? Or, or anything make you just kind of go... Because uh, I know, John, you were looking over there earlier. And, and directly behind yeah, us, too. But there's been someone, two or three people moving around over here. And I know there was, I think, remember the old lady, the floater? Mm-hmm. I think she was here. And a I, bit I, I even think, honest to God, I think the, the boy from that school, I think he popped in. I really do. Really? I do. I will. I leave, and he like. I just get right now. I just picture this kid with dark brown hair. Yeah, curly, like wavy. Yeah, well, he's got a wave to it because he let it, his parents have let it go long a little bit, right? Oh, see, I got green. And, golf and he's got a smile on his face, with like a little just, crocodile on the chest. Oh, the old Lacoste of, things. Yeah, like the old. Uh, I used to wear those and have the collar up. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to look cool. Three layers of t-shirts on. Yeah, them, look right? cool, right? Yeah. But do yeah. you see anything, Chris? No, uh, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything. No. Um, I mean, obviously, we've all seen things that we can't explain. Right. But nothing that I can say, hey, that's mm-hmm. something. Yeah. See, and that's the suppressed antenna, too, right? Because Danny, when we first started doing the podcast, even though he'd been part of SHIP doing the, the paranormal investigations for a while, he'd never seen anything. Mm-hmm. No. Until we started the podcast, and when we used to do that at our first location, that's when Danny first started to yeah. see things. He didn't even see the bar bill for when it's his turn to buy the beer. Like, he didn't <laughs> see nothing, right? He didn't see a he thing. Went blind. Yeah, he went blind. he's still blind to that. He but yeah, full Stevie Wonder on yeah. us. <laughs> and I think he yeah. forgot his wallet at home that night. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, we're joking. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I would but love. Now, I would love to. I would. Now he's starting to pick up on things because he's opening up to it. His mm-hmm. antenna is going up, and uh, yeah, before you leave, we'll give you a bit of the Kool Aid. It really helps. All right, yeah, kind of kickstart things. All right, yeah. George, first first dose George, is free, right? That's George exactly. Was cool. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Do you uh, guys want to take a quick two minute break? Or? Sure. Yeah, let's have a, a all right bio we, break. We're just going to take a break on our end, but you know we'll be back in. At your end in like two seconds. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. And we are back with my buddy Chris. Hi. Still. And uh, while we were on our break, we had a, a ton of activity in here. John was taking crazy pictures of which we will post on Facebook. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, some wicked orbs and yeah. something else trying to cloud up your that was strange your uh, your camera there. That was weird. Yeah, almost like something was standing right in front of your camera. Yep. So we'll put those up on Facebook. This is again the same theater, folks. Just to remind you where Tony got the picture of the spirit moving down the aisle. That full apparition of that. And woman. Dan put up that giant orb I got in the corner of the room. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's what we're recording. It's a busy place, and it's like they jump out for a little bit. And then, and then after down. a while, they go, oh, well, you've yeah. had your food. Yeah, so. <laughs> They've gone back to the other theater across the street. Yeah, exactly. Okay, enough here. So I just want to talk about uh, something real quick. I picked up a book. Now, we have uh, a listener out in the prairies, and her name is Chris. And she loves to read, like, paranormal stuff. And she's emailed me a bunch of times. Really nice lady. Really smart. Really articulate. Like, I love reading her emails. Um you almost have to be a genius to read them. <laughs> but okay. she puts a lot of effort into them. So I, I appreciate it. Because um, I'm a I'm a grammar Nazi, for sure. Oh, I know. Poor yeah. guy. You get my so. emails and texts. <laughs> yeah, I got to decipher them, right? So <clears throat> she told me about this book. And I had this thing in my hand at the bookstore probably a few months ago. And I put it back. And I wish that I hadn't. But now, I, because of her, I've picked it up again. I just ordered it. And it's called Sister of Darkness, The Chronicles of a Modern Exorcist. And it's by a young lady by the name of R.H. Stavis. Her name is Rachel. And she's from Los Angeles. And she's a non-denominational exorcist. And not in this, like, she doesn't use holy water and and crosses and things like that. But I've, I've reached out to her to get her on the podcast. Because after, you know, I'm halfway through the book... And because so, so many of the things that she talks about in this book 
are very similar to what you, especially what you go through and some of the things that I've seen. And she talks about uh, different entities mm-hmm. that she's run into and she goes through the whole gamut. Like she talks about the hat man, shadow people. Um, she talks about the little energy drainers that you and I have seen. Right. Oh gosh. Um, <coughs> and there's this one in particular, and I really hope we can get her on the show, um, where she refers to it as a Furby. And if everybody remembers the Furbies, you know, those little toys, they look almost like an owl with, mm-hmm. a, you know, with these big, huge eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did. They talked or, or whatever you poke. Different them. colored fur yeah. and so, yeah. collect so, all 20. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So I was sitting at home one night and I showed a picture of this because I drew a picture of it and I showed it to you mm-hmm. and I showed it to Michelle DeRoche and, and I don't think I have it on my phone anymore because I just did a, a quick sketch. And she describes this thing, calls it a Furby. And when I read that part of the book, I was like, holy cow, someone else has seen this thing that I've seen. And I was sitting at home watching TV in my living room and I saw this thing, not in full color, like maybe 20%, mm-hmm. 30%. And it came down the hallway and it deeped into my kitchen, but it locked eyes with me, looked right at me. And it's almost like, remember when you saw that little green gremlin guy thing, yeah. crawling yeah. up the back On the of your chair. chair? I remember that. Yeah. It looked right at me and it kind of made that face like, oh shit, he, he, he sees me. me and he sped up and boof into the kitchen. And it looked like a Furby. And, I, and I'm going to try and find the original drawing. I'm sorry, I, how tall did you say this thing was? Like two feet tall, maybe. Wow, that's mm. creepy. Yeah, yeah. It, is. it is. But it looked cute. And even she says in the book, you know, how cute this thing looks. And, and uh, But? It, yeah, but, but yeah. It's, it might have some malicious... Does she, is that intent. what she, her take is on them? Or, or no, she, <laughs> she says she sees all sorts of different kinds of entities. Um... She sees the hat man. She sees, remember the ghoul that you and I mm-hmm. described? Mm-hmm. She, talks, uh, she talks about them. She calls them something different. Yeah. But she describes it to a T. No, so the description is the book. same. So, wow. yeah, the description is the same. But she says there's two that she runs into every once in a while a Furby and this other one, I can't remember the name of it is. But they're kind of like harmless. They don't attach to people, they don't do anything. But she thinks they might be feeding off something else, or they're as- assisting something else, oh, okay. or they're kind of maybe just observers. But mm. that night when I saw this thing come down the hall and deke into the kitchen, you know, I was like, what the hell? Like, that's so weird. And I drew a picture, showed it to Michelle DeRoche, because she's our local <laughs> expert. Yep. And I said, have you ever seen anything like this? She's like, no, but he's really cute. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it looks like a friggin' Furby. And uh, just the things that she talks about in this book, uh, like, I'm, it's really striking a chord with me. And I'll yep. give it to you to read. That, it'll, that's blow, the, it'll blow you away. The freaky thing for, for us is when we find out about stuff like this, and people describe things that we've only talked amongst ourselves. Yes. And some of the stuff on because the pod. Because out of, other than you and Michelle Garoche, I never talked to anybody about no, this whole that, Furby guy. That's right, exactly. It's not like we walk around on the street and t- telling everybody. And, <laughs> no, because you're know, going to think you're a, a lunatic, Yeah, right? and I don't want to wear a jacket where I can scratch my back at the same time, <laughs> right? But it does, it does, it freaks us out when we get something like that because it's just like, holy crap. It, it just confirms that, okay, you know what, you're not crazy. Now, do you yeah. get the sense that this is not just a regional thing, but this is an international thing, that your counterpart in Russia or your counterpart in Australia is encountering the same sorts of things? I would, I would say yes. Maybe, say maybe yes. with a different accent, but you know, the same sort yep. of things. You know? Yep, I do. I really do. And I also think that that Furby thing is, is not exactly benign. The, the first thing when Dan was talking about it that came to my head was locator. And that says to me that they locate you for something else that's going to harass the shit out of you. Maybe like that, a drone. Right? A scout or yeah, something. Exactly. He, he goes yeah, out exactly. and, and the reports back and, oh, yeah, okay, this is where he's at. And then the next heavy thing comes in to do its thing, right? But mm. meanwhile, it bounces around and you're, you know, you're not reacting to it and not doing anything because, oh, he looks cute. It's harmless. Yeah. And meanwhile, then he reports back to the big ugly thing and says, yo, this is where he's at. Yeah. But yeah. 
It was wild. And, oh, yep. and you know, you talked about maybe a couple podcasts ago about your friend being at the bar. And he's, he's down and out. He's down on his luck. He's, yep. he's low energy. Uh, he broke his wrist. And you said you could see this spider type thing attached to him. Yep, the cord. With this cord. Whoops. Yep. And she talks about that as well. She doesn't talk about the spider type thing, but she, she'll actually see the cords yeah, the attached to these people. Yep. Sometimes it's in their neck, sometimes it's in their head, sometimes it's in their stomach. Yep. All sorts of things. So I think they attach where they want to affect. So if they're in your body, then they're trying to affect heart, whatever, whatever it's going to be. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah there was a sound. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Something right over here. Someone, like someone sat in one of the chairs there. And if they attach to your head, then they're trying to affect your thinking. And that's definitely what's happening to my friend. Mm -hmm. He's just on this downward spiral <clears throat> that he can fix real quick, but this thing is not letting him. Well, in the book, she says that she's been able to see these things since she was a kid. Oh, good. Like five years wow. old. Wow. How do you process that? Yeah. And uh, she would see them in people or connected to them or hovering just above them. And she says she's literally seen hundreds of thousands of them. She'll walk down the street and she'll see them wow. hovering over people or connected to them somehow. And, uh, so she's really tuned into that. Oh, she's, her frequency level is, is yeah. through the roof. But she does a pro bono, like Michelle de Roche, mm -hmm. and she's got a waiting list up to a year and a half. It's wow. all word of mouth with this with this young lady. Holy smokes. But I've uh, been following her on, on Instagram, and I sent her a message, and hopefully uh, we can get a hold of her, because I would love to pick her brain. Yeah. Oh, yes, so, definitely. <clears throat> anything else you want to talk about, John? Anything else going on? Or? No, I'm just going to um, say to uh, people, uh, we always, like, we, Michelle de Rocher was, is our, like, we, you know, we, we drop to our knees and, and all that stuff. <laughs> we idolize her my, a little bit. My house is still quiet. So is mine. It's still it's really quiet. quiet. I had a shadow man pop in when I left my friend's place, and it stayed for half a day, and got, my house is really quiet. And and for the record, I'm, I've been told I don't want any uh, parting gifts to come home with me. So I'm hoping that... <laughs> yeah, so we're, I think we're all good. We're all, you don't have to worry. Your spouse doesn't have to worry. Yeah, no. Uh, I just, whatever Michelle and her gang does, like, they really do a great job. Because, mm -hmm. like, my house, and people have seen the, the pictures on Facebook, and Dan has experienced it. The house was so active. It was almost the distraction, you know. And it would, especially the thing was when I would have company over, my house would go apeshit for me but everybody else was fine and i would see things in the background behind people i'm trying to talk to and people are looking at me like what are you looking at and i would every once in a while i'd lie and i go oh, the, i'm trying to see what the cat's doing in the kitchen and they go the cat's over in that chair asleep but it, but it's like funny an idiot. but it's funny you should say that because i've seen cats cats and they will react to stuff that i can't see and the cat will you know all of a sudden jerk suddenly and look up in the corner or something and i look and there's nothing there but that cat is now tracking something there's something there yeah you, the, you the, just can't I, I can't see it but yeah. that cat is tuned in or tracking whatever that is yeah and my cat used to do that and i'll say the only thing i get at my house now i get noises on the outside of the house it's like and it's almost like can't get in because michelle's done her thing that's what i think so, i think wow. she's put a, a perimeter around this house and every once in a while, I'll wake up at night and I'll hear this like a slap sound, and the cat will react, and then we both go back to sleep because it's like they're outside and they're not in. That's mm -hmm. that's fine. Yeah, she's she, done a great job. Yeah, she's amazing. So uh, excellent, what? excellent guest by the way. I enjoyed those oh, puns. Michelle? Oh yeah. yeah, we could have her on all the time, mm -hmm. and she's got stories and stories yeah. and stories. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, and I've already put pictures on Facebook on the Phantom Faction Facebook page about it is our little uh, investigation we did at the Alora Center for the Arts. Mm -hmm. And there's a picture I put on there of a handprint, a child's handprint in soap. <clears throat> now, there's, there's a couple people that kind of went, come on, you know, like, right, you know. But we did a tour of the building and we check everything. And this is part of what we do. Just to make sure sure when you go back if something has moved or out of order you can say well that wasn't like that before and this little bathroom that uh the lady the curator of the place took me into was spotless you could have eaten off the floor and i look and it's a tiny little bathroom like real real small like if you're sitting on 
Yeah, hey, you can touch <laughs> the all the can. walls, right? You can touch <laughs> yeah. all the walls, and your knees are almost in the sink kind yeah. of thing, yeah. especially for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I looked, and it was spotless. And, and I'll, I'll tell you all faithful listeners that it could not have possibly been Dan because his hands have never been childlike or child-sized. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the womb. <laughs> but I went back in later with uh, uh, another Dan. Um, we, had, we had Dan and Shannon on uh, the podcast, I think episode 27 or 28. And they shared their stories. Yep. But they were able to join us because oh, they, cool. they just live right on the, around the corner. But Dan and I w- opened the door and we looked and we both looked at this little handprint and it was a kid's handprint and it looked like a kid had put soap on their hands and poof and it was still a little sticky. Wow. So what does that tell you? Okay. And it was kind of like, hmm, isn't that cool? And the thing is, uh, people that go into this building always comment on the energy they feel around these bathrooms and there's going to be a lady that we're going to have on uh in a few weeks and she's a tarot card and a a divination expert and when she goes in that building because she goes in there quite often to to do readings and and uh artistic stuff in the community she always talks about the crazy feelings she gets around the bathrooms wow (laughs) and so I don't know. And, and we've had that happen before. We've had a handprint that happened <coughs> at my daughter's place. Remember when he was trying to show us that, hey, I'm going to harass her, like yeah. leave me alone. And his footprints. And we've seen that before. We've seen those things before. We sure have. But yeah. uh, the handprint was was wild. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know, and uh, the main room that we had set up in. Um, so the building. And is, sorry, can I just interrupt? What what is the significance of the soap? Like, I, I get the handprint, but why would the soap be involved? Like from in your opinion, Harder like to clean off. So it's like a kid being a being yeah, just, or and really making sure you saw it too. Yeah, yeah. Because of it, or yeah. Because of yes, it, I wash my hands, mom. If it was just a hand print, yes. Eventually, it's going to fade away, and you might not really but see soap it. But right? soap is. You open the door real quick. You look and you leave. But when you open the door, it's like holy cow. Look at that handprint. And this right is, here. you know, institutional soap. This is, you know. Oh, yeah. This isn't, like, the good stuff. This yeah. Is, this is the cheap stuff that you find <laughs> in, like, you know, yeah. bathrooms in the yeah, shopping mall. malls yeah. and things like that. It's just this interesting. <clears throat> so this building was built 100 years ago or more. And it's it's changed over the years. And in one part of it, there's a karate dojo. And one part, there's uh, two studios for... Uh, artisans and artists to show off their work right, right now they've got a, a really cool uh, uh, sculpture a metal it's called metal and fire or something like that so it's guys who are like molding uh, um, works of art from iron okay like, yeah. like one of the pieces was this huge skeleton holding a lantern it was really cool oh, cool I wanted to take it home <laughs> but I couldn't but uh, you know and, and then there's one one part is a there's a, a Montessori school. It's a big building, like it's it's like a maze. And the the uh, the main room that we were in was part of the art gallery, and the orbs were nonstop. Wow! And wow. I know everybody goes, oh, that's just dust. Hmm. But there's no forced air in this building. It's all radiators, cause, right? Because of the the age the of the age building. Of the building. Yeah. And. A, a, a speck of dust doesn't go shooting across the room, stop dead in its tracks, turn around, and then go shooting up through the, the ceiling. And hopefully Tony can get us some mm. some good clips, and we'll put those on the Facebook page as well. Mm. But that room was crazy, crazy active. And uh, we've had reports. Well, I've, you know, I've been, I've been trying to get into this building for a while, and uh, we've had people say that they've heard the piano play on its own. Mm. Uh, they've heard kids uh, singing. They've heard little pit pats, you know, pitter patters of feet. Wow! All sorts of things. And Tony and Danny, they heard something coming from one of the upper levels, where it sounded like someone was dragging a foot, like someone with a club foot. Oh wow! And they went to investigate, and they couldn't find anything. And then later on, they were trying to reenact it. And I heard it from the lower level, and I went running upstairs, and it was those, it was those guys trying to. This is what you heard, yeah. Yeah, but I went running up there, and I was like, "Did you guys hear that?" 
<laughs> and they were like, yeah, that was us. Oh, shit. Yeah. But they were just trying to replicate what they heard, which wasn't explainable. Right. right? Wow. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, Tony has, has so far uh, done a lot of listening to his EVPs. I haven't started mine yet, but he says he's got a ton of really good ones. Wow. So, Laura Center for the Arts. Any uh, indication if that person that was tagging along in the back of your van was from that building? Remember oh, you were I seeing that I kid? I didn't mention that, did I? Did I mention yeah. it last time? No, you've only mentioned it to me. Okay. <clears throat> so, my wife and I were in Kitchener last week before okay. the, uh, uh, the investigation. And this freaked me out. So Kitchener is about an hour west of Toronto. Yeah, for, so for half a million people. So for, for those that aren't familiar with yeah. the geography. So she, my wife's an esthetician, so she needs some supplies. So she said, well, can you take me to this place? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. So we pulled in, she went in, because I had no interest in walking around those places. <laughs> and I put my rear view, or my, or my, uh, my sun, sun visor down, sun visor. so I could look at myself for a second, because I probably had like a crazy goatee or mustache hair going and as soon as I put it down and I looked in the mirror I could see a guy sitting in my back seat and he was about I want to say between 17 to 21 years old and for the record you're not an uber driver I'm not an uber driver yeah. or a left driver <laughs> all right and he well, had, he had collar length brown hair uh, white kid skinny he was wearing like a striped t-shirt and was wearing a tan colored jacket and he almost looked like he was from happy days oh like wow that yeah that area okay yeah and boom he, but he was in the reflection of the mirror and he was sitting in my back seat and within a split second he was gone and i texted john right away and i said there's a ghost sitting in my freaking van in the back seat and uh youth you thought he was connected to yeah your next investigation the Alora Center for yeah the he was, like I thought he was checking you out and the next day I got a quick glimpse of him again and then same outfit same everything and then I could sense him but I couldn't see him right so and I and I got the name Charlie Charlie or and and too big though to make that handprint right. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he, he just, wouldn't. He's he like was, a man, yeah, like an eighteen-year-old. Okay. So it couldn't have been him. Seventeen-year-old. Okay. But when Shannon, Dan, and Shannon from the other episode were with us, she picked up on a thirteen-year-old kid that was on the stairs or in and around the main stairs inside the building, and she got the name Eli. I asked her if she picked up Charlie, and she said no. She says she she picked up an Eli. She's very sensitive as well, mm -hmm. too, right? Oh, and one of the things that was funny was. We put a camera facing up the stairs because a lot of the kids, like the live kids that go to these, this place, will say they see a ghost at the top of the landing. Wow. And when we were watching uh, the monitors, you could see an orb come around the corner and, and it slid down the banister. What? Just like a kid would slide down the banister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully Tony can get us that one because it was really cool. It was almost like a little kid going, wee, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, around, the, around the banister. And, but Shannon was picking up on stuff and wow. uh, there's a lot, a lot of heavy, heavy feelings in some of the areas, but it would come and go. Yeah. And that's so, another building constructed from limestone. Limestone. So that brings near the in, river. Yeah, brings in <laughs> right? all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Good old Fergus and Alora, yeah. right? Yeah. You so. know, you were talking about the people in the building and all the artistic stuff they do. Yeah. I actually so envious of that. I tried really hard to be artistic. Autistic? And, well, I am. <laughs> But I remember I cut down some trees mm -hmm. and I wanted to do the tree carvings. Yep. You know, and I thought, and so I was doing all these little things and I thought, okay, that'll be like an arm and the whole bit. When I was done, it looked like I just had these giant veiny penises. That's all I could ever <laughs> carve out, you know. But anyway, I just wanted to say, I really, envy, I really envy those people because I ended up having to cut them down and burn them. But anyway, that's just a side story, right? Not and paranormal. Your, your point was? Made. I'm just not artistic. That's no. all it is. Well, I'm you just do your cutting dick. boards and stuff. Huh? I'm good at my cutting boards. That's yeah. it. Yeah. If you need a cutting board, contact John. He makes really good ones. No. But uh, anything else before we... No, that, that's it. I was just curious about that guy in your back of your car. So Yeah. I undetermined. I, I kind of forgot about him. Yeah, undetermined. Yeah, I thought he might have been at that investigation. Who knows? You might pick out something. Maybe. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. If your name is said in any EVPs, I'll bet you that's him saying it. Yeah. Yeah. If your name turns out to be said. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to, to be I'll served. be listening in the next couple of days, and I'll let everybody know. Yep. And so, if anybody has any trees, I'll give that carving a go again <laughs> if you want. But you know. So Don't. Chris, thank you, thank you very much. For yeah, that was very cool, show. Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been yeah. a pleasure. And, and uh, uh, plug the show up once again. Yeah. Uh, so it's called Paranormal Nine One One. Uh, it's uh, airing on March 24th on the T&E Network. Uh, but uh, if you can, um, if you want to be creative and look for it in other places, I'm sure you might find it in other places. Uh, okay. But uh, officially, March 24th, uh, 8 p.m. T&E Network, and it's Paranormal 911. And you're cool. on episode one. They put me on the premiere episode. Wow. There so you go. I, I wow. made the cut. The premiere episode is called Fear the Reaper. Fear the Reaper. Fear the Reaper. Alrighty. Alright. Thanks very much. Thank you. Phantom Faction Podcast. A podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.